Hello and welcome to Owning It, the podcast that celebrates the inspiring choices made by women who refuse to simply follow the crowd and chose the road less traveled. I'm your host, Sandhya Tukaram, and in each episode, we'll have real conversations with these incredible women who choose to carve their own path because following just isn't an option. They may not be making headlines, but every one of them is a role model. So join me and let's explore the power of choice and the inspiration it brings right here on Owning It. The glass ceiling is real. It is perhaps even more real in the VC world. My guest today, Sunita Vishwanathan, not only broke the glass ceiling and made partner, but ensures she owns all aspects of her life overcoming her fear of water and learning how to swim, traveling and discovering the world, and managing to get married, taking on a new job, and moving to a new city, all in the midst of the pandemic. Join me in conversation with Sunita and discover how she owns it. Sunita, I couldn't think of a different way to start our chat than say Sunita. It's so us. And um, I'm so excited. I know uh, we haven't really been chatting as often lately, but it's nice to get some 45 minutes of focus time with you. Mostly uh, today's conversation, I want to focus on really women in VC. You know, we talk about the glass ceiling, it exists everywhere, but within the VC world, it's particularly prominent. And it's not just about India, it's a global phenomenon. I remember about eight, 10 years ago, I was having dinner with uh, the managing director of a prominent VC fund. Uh, we shall not take names. And we were having a, a really good conversation. And I said, it really is uh, puzzling. You know, you'd imagine that the VC world was about really smart, switched on people, and it would make better choices. Why are there so few women? And he very earnestly told me, oh, we just promoted this person from... Uh, maybe associate to VP or from VP to principal. And I and he said it very honestly. And I looked at him and I said, no, but I'm talking about at partner level. Um, you know, it's just so few. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about. A, I'm so proud you broke the glass ceiling and your partner at a VC fund. Sunita, what has it meant for you? Let's talk about you in the moment, being partner of a fund. Uh, what your experiences were, what your journey is right now. I I know it's it's what a year, a little over a, a year, a little over a year, a little over a year. Have there been challenges? We'll wear the gender lens. I don't normally just like to focus it, but you and I are women, and this podcast is about chatting with women. So, have there been implicit uh, biases or explicit biases that you that you experience? Sure. No, thanks for the very kind introduction, Sandhya. And it's uh, lovely to be doing this conversation today. Uh, I'll just probably uh, state a few things that have been my observation. Actually, I should start off with the caveat that I've been fortunate compared to a lot more women in terms of not facing as, much, as many biases. So for that, I'm very fortunate. Uh, however, having said that, there is a difference between uh, whether uh, when you're a woman partner and you're a male partner or if you're in the VC space by in itself. So just starting off, 
uh, most of the founders that you meet are young male founders and typically there's a camaraderie that gets built up say if there was a male colleague and a male partner or even a junior male colleague for that matter just the way they're addressing each other sergi etc right that's not going to happen with the woman uh, colleague or a woman partner and i'm fine with that uh, that's an equation that i don't aspire to get to at the get go however what i do try to do is i build it up over time uh it's a question of showing what you can add value to the table uh having a lot more one on one conversations separately if that's a founder that you uh choose to back and a founder that uh, wishes to work with you and i see that with time it takes longer the effort is far more but uh, one can get to a stage where the founder subsequently tells you that it was great working with you it, the equation that we had uh, has changed from when we started uh and yeah it's a lot more meaningful i think i just take a lot more work it takes time so just being cognizant of that helps i was just going to say the other point uh, that i wanted to bring up and this is not necessarily true just of uh, the vc industry but i think just senior women leaders across industries is if you're in a room filled with mostly male colleagues and male uh, customers etc there is a very high probability that if you're the only woman in the room for some reason you get associated as probably the junior most resource uh now why okay sure uh let's ask everyone around but uh that does happen interestingly we have a women investor group and almost every single person on the group had this incident occurring to them every single time so it's not in isolation so it obviously takes time for people to realize that okay the women on the other side of the table potentially can is, and is probably senior to you but yeah those are biases i've gone to meetings with a male intern and then been considered the intern <laughs> because i was female it's it's ridiculous you wonder is it the way maybe you should look a little bit older but i guess it doesn't right it doesn't it's matter they think you're an older intern that's the only difference <laughs> it's it's yeah it, it's almost laughable if it wasn't sad i feel like you and i are privileged enough that we can laugh about it and take it in our stride though we shouldn't laugh too much about it but there may maybe so many people who just face this and have no way out right absolutely and it's a lot of effort right like what is your main job you want to actually excel at whatever is your kras right like and you're doing all of that and top of that let's say you need to allocate another 20 to 30% of your time just to be cognizant one of these biases so that you can try to shed them away from others uh, perceptions or uh, then entering a meeting like if you adjust yourself if this just happened you thought i'll take the minutes of the meeting and not someone else who's junior uh, and then fully focus recalibrate and then get to what you need to be delivering uh, during that meeting it is a lot of mental bandwidth and let's be very clear that uh, this is what a woman day in and day out has to do compared to say a male counterpart yeah Uh, it it feels uh, almost archaic to be talking about it even today but i want to move on uh, i want to stick to sunita's unique story uh, move, you know just moving away from sunita the woman just sunita uh, i mean you are a woman so that will be there but what have been your challenges or, or what have you navigated or what what were the choices you made to get here just in your journey sure sure uh, i think i've generally taken some of the non conventional choices 
so when i finished uh, my undergrad i decided to work at a semiconductor startup and this was way back in 2007 uh, nobody knew what a startup is and on top of that a semiconductor startup in india but it just sounded very cool it sounded like a bunch of really fun folks and that was actually my first foray into the startup ecosystem uh it was a short startup uh, uh, short stint sorry uh, just about a year but at that kind of cemented my belief that somehow i'm going to come back into the startup ecosystem and i think that really played a very big influence in my overall uh, journey subsequently uh things that i've kind of learned uh, over time is just to be extremely assertive in a non aggressive way and it didn't come naturally to me i think it's something that i constantly put in effort even today uh, i think it comes from the original idea that i'm here to learn i'm here to absorb so i'm listening more to others uh, not necessarily sharing what i think and this works fine say in the first 5 years of your career when that's what you should be doing but subsequently you need to shed away that inhibition and actually start sharing your thoughts and sometimes it's essential to also stick to your guns and and just kind of push back uh, in a non aggressive fashion because you do have a valid point it makes sense uh, and not really uh, take it down saying that okay someone else thinks it's a different perspective but yeah so that's something i've learned to be assertive and in fact i one of the few years that it was my only uh, resolution that i shall be assertive uh, for this year so yeah i've had to work on that you know um that word aggressive uh, always makes me uncomfortable because it's been so easily used uh, for me uh, you know i'm i've never been shy about being assertive i was born an assertive person and it's never about uh, being aggressive i had a point of view and i wanted to share it uh, but i think it's a narrative that has been created to stop women from speaking you know this this word aggressive because i mean men are making a point every time and and and, and it's not about male bashing i i'm just saying it's the way it is and uh, when now when people use the word aggressive um i push back <laughs> you know because i said no it's a point of view as as much as you are um sunita i want to go back to when and uh, you know i keep saying this on this podcast i go back to the age 10 for some reason um what was sunita like at age 10 uh and then my following question is what were your aspirations then and do you see that sunita today or is it a very very different person so uh i actually remember the year 10 quite clearly because that's when we moved cities we moved from uh, mumbai to bangalore uh, it was completely new i moved schools i had to start of all over again build new friendships uh friends who continued uh, even now today so that year was very pivotal and etched in my mind uh what was very uh uh constant was i wanted to excel in everything i did and i think that came from my parents which was basically give it your best uh, uh whatever it is right like even if it's just an art assignment just give it your best but uh always ensure aim for excellence that was the uh, phrase that we kind of got ingrained with my dad uh, constantly would use it so even then at 10 uh, years obviously i had no idea that i wanted to become an investor or what even startups was but uh, what i was very clear was i wanted to do well in life 
I wanted to ensure that no matter what craft I chose, I wanted to do it really, really well. Uh, I wanted to ensure that uh, my parents would feel proud of me. And I think that was something that constantly drove me because uh, we had two uh, daughters in our house. And I always felt that my, not my parents, my parents were absolutely great. Like that's uh, something that uh, I hold very dear to me today as well. But I wanted to ensure that no one else around has ever said that, oh, if you had a son. So to me, that was just an extra motivation to ensure that I do really well and they feel proud. Uh, so that was something that was uh, very clear in my head, whatever shape and form it took. I think you're an excellent human being, Sunita. Um, but Sunita, I want to talk about, looking back though, are there things you might have done differently? The Sunita today, when you look back at some things, or you think, no, it was just what I did when I needed to do it. There could have been smaller instances I may have dealt with differently. But if I look at it from a, a perspective of the bigger milestones or the bigger decisions, I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, every uh, and every birthday and we are, uh, I just try to think in my mind, how do I feel about myself? And is this the best I feel uh, in terms of what I'm doing? And I think that answer has just gotten yes. Uh, I like myself today than probably I was when in my early 30s or in my 20s. So honestly, each has been a journey to what I've gotten here. So I don't have any regrets that, oh, I wish I could have done this differently or I wish I'd have gone uh, for an, a master's degree abroad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Honestly, uh, I just feel like it's led me to where I am today. I'm, uh, I'm quite happy with that. You know, I, I can't uh, have a chat with you. And like I said, these are not interviews. These are conversations with women I respect. Uh, uh, but, so I can't have a chat with, with you without talking about how amazed I was about how you went after learning how to swim. Uh, I remember we went on a, a, a kind of office off-site and we went uh, rafting. And how petrified you were. And to me, seeing you scared was so opposite of the Sunita I know on land who's always in control and willing to take most things on. And to see you uh, in water and I could see absolute fear. And I know a couple of years later, you went from that fear to going and taking up classes and conquering your fear. You know, tell me about that, a little bit about... Uh, what made you say, I'm going to conquer it and how you went about it? I think unlike most other kids, I as growing up, I didn't end up learning swimming. And uh, not because my mom didn't try. She tried hard. She tried everything, but I just didn't take to it. Uh, I just wasn't a water person even then. Uh, I think then a few years back, I think nearly seven years back, uh, we went on a holiday to Australia. And some of the most pristine beaches was fortunate to have uh, been at a bunch of beaches. One thing that stood out for me was that kids as young as, say, two or three year old with their parents were actually getting into the ocean and swimming and learning to swim. And that's when it just hit me that I have lost a very big part of fun in life by not being able to swim because I would never go into the ocean uh, unless it, the water came up till only my ankle. And that's about it. I'd have to run back. And I just felt that bizarre that why have I not managed to get over this fear? And the only way to do is systematically go enroll for classes and learn how to swim. And so I decided to start that off. I think at that point, I was just uh, about going to turn 30. So I told myself, okay, let's try to get this done before I turn 30. 
and i took classes i was a slow learner i have no shame in admitting that i took the same classes twice over and thrice over to get to a stage where i could swim feel comfortable i at today can swim decently i'm nowhere going to be able to compete in any kind of race but i don't intend on but i do feel comfortable enough that i can go for snorkeling uh, i can actually swim in the ocean today decently well so it was just something that i wanted to get over it i was like uh, i can't live my entire life without uh, getting into the ocean or having that fear that i'm going to drown it's not a pleasant feeling uh, so yeah i just went and uh, decided to get this done i love that story thanks for sharing it here but i want to stay with travel i know how important it is to you uh, you're the person i remember who came back from a trip to istanbul and made vegetarian food sound glamorous for the first time in my life <laughs> because i was like yeah I think okay i tried to do that with all of my travels with everybody <laughs> please go and eat the vegetarian food and these are the restaurants you should be trying coming back to travel and i know how much that means to you uh, and it means a lot to me too and i think the one of the reasons why we connected so early is our love for travel uh, but i want to talk tell me a little bit about your latest trip but uh, I want to come back to the point of how you feel travel has helped you grow or has it helped you grow Sure sure and maybe I'll start with your first question uh so uh my husband and I visited Tanzania uh, late last year uh that trip is the most memorable ones for me for multiple reasons it was a trip that we had planned a year ago right after our wedding it didn't happen due to covid so it was a trip that got delayed by nearly 12 months so when we actually got there there was a sense of just relief that we finally managed to get there uh and being able to spend so many days in serengeti uh was a completely different experience just a surreal experience to be in the savanna to be able to see the wildlife so up and close and the first moment when we were in the uh, in our car with our guide to spot two white little things walking on the street and to just go a little closer and see that this was a lion and a lioness wow that was just unbelievable the majestic uh, walk uh, the lion and the lioness crossing the road sitting down and then they had a bunch of their cubs around fantastic so to me that just stays in my mind it's a photographic memory for me right now and i uh, thanks for asking that question i'm just reliving that entire moment all over again so that uh, that was one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, pieces from our entire trip uh, and to m- connecting that to how do you feel you've grown and do do you feel you've grown yeah. through traveling no absolutely i think there's no doubt in that and every city and every country that uh, i've visited what i try to do always much to the annoyance of people who are traveling with me whether it's my friends my husband now or my parents is that i love taking the public transport and i love walking around uh, that's the way i feel like you get to see the city not going by cabs so i typically end up doing the metro uh, just walking in the evening and it helps me see people see the locals what are they doing uh, how are they going about their daily life are they sitting uh, in the cafe are they having a conversation with friends uh, what's it like i may not even understand the language but i just love having a purview or a, a silent view into what's going on and it it just helps me uh, feel a part of a new culture and uh, so that's i always recommend that thing to walk 
and uh, for people who are going to countries i always allocate time to just walk around and uh, uh, incidentally since you brought up the istanbul uh, trip incident uh, yeah uh, one thing that stands in my mind from that travel uh, besides the uh, lovely food was the fact that in the, uh, it was around late evening my parents my sister and i were uh, were going to go to a i think we were going to go to a tourist spot and for some reason the taxi just dropped us in the wrong location and we didn't have gps we didn't have internet at that point of time our phones uh, didn't have mobile internet etc uh, we were looking quite confused and quite lost in fact it was later in the evening so my mom was getting a bit worried like where have you just brought me and very kindly another taxi driver just came up asked where you want to go and he ensured he took us to the right spot this was kindness out of nowhere he didn't have to do it but he did and that was just unbelievably kind to me for us at that point of moment because we were looking extremely clueless and i think that panic would have set in if he hadn't come in at that point uh, so travel just brings out some of the best uh, of people that you're able to see otherwise that you just ignore and uh, it keeps reminding me about how uh, while there's a lot of differences in cultures etc but at deep down uh, we all want to try to be as kind as we can so i just love uh, seeing things like this all over again uh, every time i travel that's a lovely uh, way to put what you experience through travel because i've always said at the end of the day people are people are people you know yeah. and when you travel that just becomes simpler Uh, it's so easy to sit in our rooms and think about differences but when you're actually out there we're all the same um doubt it doubt yeah um sunita so i know the last year or the year before the last couple of years many things happen at the same time you got married you made partner and you changed cities now even one of those is is a life changing experience and you had three life changing experiences um tell me a little bit about really navigating through the all of that together yeah and i keep telling this to uh, folks uh, around me that nothing happens in years and a life happens in weeks and i feel that that's kind of what happened in a uh, couple of years ago uh, and this and to add to it there was obviously the uh, bigger complexity of doing it all during covid uh, so that just meant a lot of meticulous planning a lot of excel lists and sheets to plan a wedding uh and then moving cities doing a bunch of things remotely uh and i think a lot of credit goes to uh, my husband as well to orchestrate the move for us and ensuring that it was as uh, comfortable and easy just given that there was covid we wanted to set up a house etc uh and i think uh, what is really what is work for us at least and i can just tell in our context is to be very clear in terms of what is the allocation of household chores etc we are privileged enough to have external help to help most of it uh, but for the rest of it we just try to be very clear who's doing what and uh, ensuring that we are at least doing what uh, we kind of own up and uh, for me work is uh, far more important uh, than for a lot of other people potentially so it does take it's a very integral part of my life uh, and i think uh, just the fact that my husband understands that uh helps because uh, i will end up making calls during a lot of times when we are out etc but uh, i think just that support and uh makes it uh makes it far more easy for sure yeah amazing you really owned it uh, sunita i want to end our chat um with sunita and 5 years from now where do you think you'll be 5 years from now 
I know it's a slightly cliched question, um, yeah. and I wonder sometimes why I ask it. But I always, maybe in five years, we'll look back and say, hey, you remember we had this chat, and we'll see if it turned out that way. So it's more for that. <laughs> sure. And maybe a good time for me to just put it out there and then calibrate myself subsequently. Uh, I think that what I mentioned brilliant aim for excellence uh, continues yeah. to be a big driver for me. Uh, to be able to hone my craft even further in terms of investing, being able to uh, get better at our day or to be part of very meaningful and successful company journeys would be something that I'd look forward to in the next five years to be part of that growth uh, story of uh, founders and entrepreneurs would be uh, something that I'm looking forward to. And uh, just being healthy and happy, honestly. At the end of the day, uh, we need to have a good health to be able to do what we want to do. And at the end of the day, uh, we want to be happy with the people that we are with. Uh, so that's just something I'd want to be able to do. Thanks, Sunita. Uh, you know, as, uh, as I listened to you, and it's one of the few times that I don't talk that's why maybe I have a podcast where I actually allow other people to talk and take a break. But, you know, I believe in why I'm doing this more because I feel shine the spotlight on more women owning it, making choices. And, um, you know, every bit of what you said was you owning it. So keep owning it and more power to you, Sanita. Until we chat again offline. Thanks so much, Sandhya. Thank you for joining us on Owning It. With every conversation with women who are taking control of their narrative, I'm constantly inspired. Don't forget to tune in to the next conversation with yet another woman choosing her own path and owning it.